1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
0: If you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite your attention to the Gospel of Luke uh, chapter 8. We'll begin our reading at Verse 41. The Gospel of Luke reads as follows, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went by, the multitude thronged him. We want to move over to verse 49. While he was still speaking, Someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened father in your most precious and wonderful name we come on this day that you might clearly speak a word in our midst we need to hear from you today God a word that would challenge someone who's walking in sin and who has not come out of darkness into the light that they may be drawn to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ father speak a word that would cause someone who's drifting in their fellowship to be restored unto you and to renew that broken fellowship father speak a word in this place that would encourage someone who came in discouraged. give direction to someone who needs it. Father, uplift some downtrodden head. I pray that your word today would be power in our lives. Speaking heavenly father, as I yield myself to you and instrument in your hand, accomplish your will on this day and you will get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. For it is in Jesus name we pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. Catherine. as we started this journey on last week, we were in the midst of this uh, tangled set of stories. This uh, one story of Jairus, his daughter, who's 12 years old and dying. And in the midst of Jesus going to Jairus' house, a woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years interrupts him on the journey. And she touches the hem of his garment. And so we dealt with that part of the story on last week as we we're dealing with the series of messages entitled Let There Be Faith in God. Last week we talked from the subject matter faith to be made well. And in our examination of Luke chapter 8 verses 40 through 48, we said that first of all, faith to be made well believes that God is able to do it. And there ain't no need in you going to the Lord if you don't believe he's able to do it. Well, secondly, we discovered from this lady who's been dealing with this t- issue of blood for 12 years, that this kind of faith to be made well draws power from God. For when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus said, I felt power leave out of me. I felt the virtue leave out of me. And so when we reach forward to God for healing purposes, for it to be made well, the power of God will flow in our direction. And then finally, we said that this faith to be made well allows you to go in peace for this woman when she finally confesses her sin that she had committed by being in the crowd in the first place, being unholy herself or being unclean herself and touching the hymn of a a holy man of God. She confesses her sin and why she did what she did. Uh, Jesus doesn't even deal with the issue of sin. He just tells her, woman, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And so we glean from that and understand from that as we come to the Lord and confess our sin. And the wellness that we can obtain is more than just a physical wellness. It's a wellness that will allow us to go in peace. And even if we transition from this world, faith to be made well, faith in a God who's able to do it, faith in a God whose power flows from him, is able to allow us to even leave this earth and know that everything is well. And we can leave in peace. Now, as we pick up the story that began with Jairus' daughter back in verse 41, this other connecting miracle of faith, if you will, this woman with the issue of blood has now had her issue resolved, and now Jairus' story becomes the chief story of the rest of this portion of the text. So it is in this portion that Jesus is en route to Jairus' house, and He's going there to deal with this 12-year-old daughter, only daughter, of the synagogue ruler's house. Now, you got to remember this synagogue ruler has come to Jesus, and he's come to Jesus begging him not to just speak a word and my daughter will be made well, but come to my house because my daughter is dying. Now, For preaching purposes, I I like both versions. I I like the one ruler who says, Lord, I believe so much that if you just speak a word that my child will be made well. I like that kind of faith. But I also like the kind of faith that says, God, can you come to my house? Lord, have mercy. If we had just a few more Christians that said, God, come to my house. Not even to make nobody well, just come to my house in the first place. I mean, I know that he comes to the house of the Legacy Center, but have you invited him to your house? As we dig into this text, we see here this faith rising up out of Jairus. And I want to talk to you out of this subject today, fatality faith. Now, when I talk about fatality faith, what I'm talking about is a faith that rises up when it seems all hope is lost. Fatality faith is stirred up by the threat of a fatality or a loss or the end or doom Jairus is the perfect example. He represents, if you will, what I'm calling fatality faith. It is the kind of faith that is seen in people who won't come to Jesus any other time. Y'all know a few of them. They ain't coming to Jesus no other time until things get to the lowest of the lowest. Until their only daughter is getting ready to die until their last money has run out, until they're going to put them out tomorrow. Then they all of a sudden got faith. Y'all got a few cousins and relatives like that? This fatality faith is a faith that rises up, as we see in Jairus, in a person or in a scenario that we wouldn't have any other time, but it comes in this time of despair and a time of distress that we might see perhaps in someone in prison who's been living their life any kind of way, and then all of a sudden when they go to jail, some folks call it jailhouse faith, amen. But it's the kind of faith that rises up in someone when they would not have called on the Lord any other time, but now all of a sudden they have faith in God to accomplish what they need to be accomplished. It's the kind of faith perhaps that you might see in a soldier on the battlefield who is watching his friends and his partners in war being killed beside them but at the same time they've got to believe in something now and so because everything else that they've tried to hold on to doesn't seem like it's working now all of a sudden because they've heard about Jesus now their faith rises up to hold on to him and so perhaps even someone who's facing a terminal illness might also have this kind of faith rise up in them they've been doing what they wanted to do all the time smoking six packs of cigarettes a day Now, all of a sudden, they got cancer, and the doctor says it's stage four. Ain't got nothing else we can do. Now, all of a sudden, they ain't been to no church no other time. But now, all of a sudden, they call you. You get a call. You look at your phone like, what in the world? What are they calling me for? Now, all of a sudden, they say, well, I got some bad news. Pray for me because I'm in a terminal situation. And watch this. They themselves will begin praying. Faith rises up in them to believe in a God that they never worshiped before but a God they've heard about who can do great things. This is why it's so important for you and I not to stop sharing the gospel. Because even in a scenario like Jairus, Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue, but he had heard about Jesus. Because if we keep at least putting the message out there when the scenario comes, when the fatality situation comes, at least they've heard about Jesus and they know where they can go to place their faith in. Are y'all still here with me? So Jairus is in this situation where he now has come to Jesus. He's pleading with Jesus that the Lord may deal with his daughter. Verse 42 says, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. This was his baby girl. Fathers, y'all know what I'm talking about. This was his favorite child because she was his only girl. This is a favorite girl. And so now she's getting ready to leave. She's getting ready to die. He's watching life evaporate in front of his eyes, and it is at this point that he realizes that the rituals of the synagogue are not enough to save my daughter. The religion of the synagogue is not sufficient to change her situation. The practices that I've been practicing, the building that I've been taking care of is not enough to take care of my dying daughter. I need to place my faith in something or someone more powerful than this building. you got to understand Jairus has been walking around this building for years. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He's in charge of the church if I can say it that way. But it ain't the church that's going to heal because the church can't do what he needs done. It's not the building that's going to heal. He needs the God of the building. So Jairus comes to the God of the building. And he says, daughter is is dying. Out. He begs with him and pleads with him, come to his house because fatality faith stirs up a faith in you when there's a threat of the end or fatality. Fatality faith also believes God and not man. Walk with me in verse number 49. Verse 49, what happens here as we had an interruption in the story, he has made his petition to Jesus to come to my house. Jesus begins on his way to his house. While he's on his way, the woman with the issue of blood interrupts the story. She touches his garment. We deal with all of that. And then we come back after all of that is done. And he tells the the lady with the issue of blood to go in peace. Verse 49 picks up. He says, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler's house saying to him, your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher. Watch this. But when Jesus heard it, he answered saying, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. Here is the dilemma. Who will you believe? Because someone from Jairus' house comes to him and says to him, Jairus, your baby girl is dead. Stop bothering Jesus. In other words, There's no hope left. So you might as well just let Jesus go back to what he was doing. Let him heal and help somebody he can help. Because right now, he can't help you. Your situation is dead. That's what the person from the house says. But in response to the reaction from the person at the house, Jesus says, only believe. I love this. Jesus says, If you only believe, she will be made well. Herein lies our dilemma as it relates to our faith. Our faith sometimes is thrown out the window because somebody said there ain't no hope. But the question is, when Jesus said, I still got it in my hands and I've still got it under control, who will you believe? I know that the doctor said it's all they can do. But God said, you're going to get up from here. Who will you believe? I know that the lawyer said, you're going to get 25 to life. But God said, you'll be on the street next month. Who will you believe? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because we walk through situations like this every day where the world is telling us one thing, but God is telling us something else. The world is saying give up on the church. The world is saying give up on your Christ. What has God done for you lately? And God said, I woke you up this morning. I started you on your way. I gave you food to eat, clothes to wear. I took care of you last night. I'm the one that made sure that your house was say, Who will you believe? You've got to make it up in your mind whether you're going to believe God or whether you're going to believe man. And watch this. Verse 51 helps us to understand that Jairus believed God. Because verse 51 says, when he came into the house, which tells me that Jairus did not stop the caravan. In other words, Jairus did not turn to Jesus and said, okay, well, my daughter's dead, so you might go about your business. Ain't no need to come to my house. No, Jairus continued to believe God because he had let Jesus come on to his house. And so he permitted no one that's Jesus, to accept for Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother to come in. When they get there, God limits who has influence in this situation. Now, now let me talk to somebody right here. If God, Jesus himself, who's God, if he limits who comes in, I think it might be wise for you and I to take some lessons from Jesus. Because when they get to the house, there's all these mourners outside who, based on their actions, are saying to Jairus, there is no hope. Everybody's weeping, and they're mourning, and they're crying, and they're looking at Jairus with these sad eyes and the tilted head. Oh, Jairus, we feel so sorry for you. Now. But when you're in a dilemma of whether you're going to believe man or whether you're going to believe God, you got to put some folk out of your space. Y'all still here with me? Because what Jesus does is he puts them out. And he only allows the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, he only lets them in. And when God has spoken into your life, don't let some folk get into your circle because some folk are what I call vision and faith killers. They'll kill your faith in a minute. You'll be believing, oh, yeah, I believe God can do it. And they'll come and say, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Like, what you so sorry? Oh, it ain't no hope now." Then your faith gone out the window. So you need to close the door tell them you're not welcome in this space right now because what God is getting ready to do in my life, I can't afford to have you killing my faith. Y'all still here with me? Y'all know that there's some folk like that, that they naysayers. I mean, no matter what it is, they always going to give you the bad side of it. They always going to tell you the negativity. They just going to flush your hope down the drain. They going to act like God doesn't even exist. And if you're not careful, if you let them into your inner space, they'll affect your ability to trust in God what God said. So Jesus says, look, hold on. Let me put these people out. That's what he does. That's right here in the text. So Jesus is dealing with them. He's only got Peter, James, and John inside. Look at verse 52. Everybody's weeping and mourning for her. And Jesus says, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And listen, this is why you can't let people in your circle. Listen to what they did. They ridiculed Jesus because they knew she was dead. They who think they got the control of life, because they ain't got control of life. Jesus is the life. Y'all still here? And so here they are speaking out of turn. What I'm trying to help somebody to sink in your mind is you're going to have some folk that are going to speak out of turn like they got themselves. But they're ridiculing him because they knew that she was dead. But here's the question. Is she dead or is she asleep? Because we're still dealing with this question who are you going to believe? Now, if you're Jairus and you're there and these people are mourning and they're crying and they're snotting all over the place and they're ridiculing Jesus, whom you've seen do awesome miracles, and they're saying, Jesus, you are crazy, man. This girl's dead. We know she's dead. She don't have a pulse. Matter of fact, she's turning blue. Don't you see? Look at her face. Look. Now, see, this is how people will do you because they want you to look. When you look, it takes your faith away. Because now you're walking by sight and not by faith. Y'all still here? I hope I'm sinking this in. And so they they want you to look at it. And so that's why Jesus says, okay, y'all get get out. Verse, Verse 54. He put them all outside. That's just my suggestion. Just put them all outside. Because fatality, faith has to believe God and not man. You cannot believe man and walk in this kind of faith. You have got to believe God. And so watch this. The final thing. The fatality faith, faith that we see in this text, is it results in astonishment to people. It will astonish you what fatality faith can do. So Jesus takes the girl by the hand, I think verse uh, 54, but he put everybody out. He took the girl, the little girl by the hand, and called saying, little girl, arise, and her spirit returned to her. Now, I know y'all just used to read miracles, but you've got to really see this thing you got to see this, this girl is laying on her bed and everybody thinks that she's dead. Jesus says she's sleeping and the faith of Jairus allows Jesus... To put his hands on that which is perceived to be dead or hopeless. It's going to be your faith that allows Jesus to put his hands on your dead marriage. It's your faith that's going to allow Jesus to put his hands on your dead finances. I know I got a few right there. If you don't have the faith, then Jesus can't put his hands on it. But Jairus has faith enough to say, I believe that you can do whatever it is you said you're going to do. So go right ahead. If you've got to reach reach. out your hands and grab a hold of my daughter. Jesus, you go ahead and grab a hold of my daughter. And Jesus grabs a hold of his daughter. And once he grabs a hold of his daughter, he says to her, he calls to her. Little girl, arise. Maybe I've been watching too much TV, but I I had a question here. Where is she? Because the text says her spirit returns. But it's a question that came to my mind. Where was her spirit? Because it wasn't there, but Jesus says, but she wasn't dead. What dimension that Jesus have to speak into in order to call her spirit back? Because perhaps the dimension that you're dealing in doesn't have the capability of calling your dead situation back. But I know a man who can speak into a dimension that can call a spirit back from the dead. Lord help me right here, I know a man, his name is Jesus, and if you put your faith in him, he can resurrect any dead situation that you're dealing with. I just believe that he can bring it back to life. He can bring it back to a place where nobody thought it ever would be. He raises his girl from the dead, and watch this, and the Bible says that her parents were astonished this is verse 56 i think it is they were completely amazed they were they were taken aback they were surprised they were in wonder they were in awe of what they just saw because listen the results of placing your faith true faith in god will astonish you every time even if your own life is lifeless If you've got no spiritual life in you, and people have given up on you, and people have said there's no hope left in you, our God, if you put your faith in him, Lord, help me here, he is able to do it. He can turn it around. He can bring life to it. And it will astonish you what God can do. Even with your life. And listen to me. Don't listen to what other people say. You got to listen to God. If God says, I can make something out of you, you better believe God instead of believing man. If it takes fatality faith, if it takes everything around you seeming like it's going to die in order for you to have that faith, then you get that faith. But you believe in God. Father in heaven, thank you for the word today. Thank you for this opportunity we have to talk about fatality faith. Father, perhaps someone here today realizes that their life is nearly dead. And there seems to be no other hope but to trust in you. And so I'm praying, God, that you would turn their heart to you. I'm praying that they would turn their decision to you. That they would trust you today to bring their life back to life. That you would bring their dead situation back to life. That you would bring their hopeless scenario back to life. That you would call it from whatever dimension, whatever atmosphere it is escaping to. And call it back to life. And raise it up from its deadness. Have your way in this place today and we will give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Pettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Buchus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Frame Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchan Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.